This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com forward slash critical to find out more. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It was a bit of a a less clear week of news, Claire. It was a lot going on. There wasn't sort of one standout story. So often in weeks like this, we find we talk about the news more than ever because we don't have sort of one topic to hone in on. That's my way of warning people. There's a bit of news in this. Also, of course, Squeeze recommends what we've been talking about, Claire, is Elon Musk and Twitter. So that's coming at you. It sure is. And as we gallop towards Christmas, uh, there's a fair bit to give you a heads up on for next week. It's the final sitting week of federal parliament, for example and there's a bit happening there. All to come, starting though with the news story that Squiz is most engaged with across this week, Claire, the bachelor's handbag. Uh, otherwise known as a takeaway supermarket roast chicken. Yum. Uh, this comes from the shortlist of words for the Macquarie Dictionary's word of 2022. Uh, that gets decided on Tuesday next week and it's one of the words that's up for inclusion, the bachelor's handbag. I have a little surprise for you this Ooh. morning. I'm going to quiz you on... <laughs> On the Macquarie Dictionary's shortlist of words and see if you know any of them. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. You do not know this is coming at you. I did not. Spicy cough. What that means. Yeah. Well, that's COVID. Yep. So I'm starting you off. I'm easing you into it. (laughs) Nepo baby. Uh, No, pass. Don't know? No. That means that's someone who has famous parents. Oh, right. Yeah, Nepo baby. Barbie core. So that's pink. So that's... Ah. I didn't wearing pink. It's a whole genre of fashion that's Barbie pink. Oh, I thought it was something to do with barbecues. <laughs> no? Okay. Last one, boss wear. I thought you'd like this one. Is it just power suits? No, it's when your uh, boss is able to look at you online and see what you're doing. So they ah, might install some the boss monitoring. wear. Yeah. yeah, that's a private conversation for you and I. Don't None of that at we the squeeze. We don't need to tell the squeeze team about that. That's about it. I think we can move <laughs> on now. But that's um, the most engaged with story of the week. It's the thing squeezes were clicking on out of the Squeeze Today email. There's a whole heap more words on that short list and we'll see what <laughs> makes it into the dictionary on Tuesday. Moving on to the most covered story of the week stream a news intelligence platform as we say every week we work with them on what has been the most covered we picked it this week again the world cup yeah and look it's not one clear news story from the world Uh, cup exactly there's a whole bunch of stuff that has happened there when you put your arms around the whole coverage from the world cup this week uh there's of course australia's game against france which we lost uh and as we flagged in our squish shortcut last week all the controversy from qatar uh of course hosting it given its poor human rights record, players and commentators have had a lot to say about that. We saw the Iranian team taking a stand against the protests happening in their country. That was all around the World Mm. Cup. So all of these stories are bundled into one and Mm. that is the biggest story this week. The soccer is Claire, just quickly, are back in it tonight. Tunisia v Australia, 9 o'clock this evening if you want to get into the World Cup. Come on, Aussie. Come on, Aussie. We've been talking about this news story for a while, Claire. Elon Musk, Twitter, all of that. It really kicked off the news this week. Monday morning, uh, we covered it in Squids Today podcast. Lots going on. 
a Twitter HQ <laughs> these a days. Quick recap, four weeks ago, Elon Musk acquired the platform. Last weekend, he reinstated former US President Donald Trump's account. Mm. 1,200 workers quit last week, <laughs> yep. including engineers. Lots of chat about whether the whole thing might just fall apart, whether it might just be mm. broken and stop working. You were really interested to see if that would happen. Yeah, because it was getting so much traction on yeah. the weekend and there were plenty of people saying that given they've gone from a 7,500 strong workforce when must took it over, it's now down to a 1,000 people. And as you say, a lot of those vital engineers have also left. So lots of sort of, I guess, doom scrolling on Twitter to see whether it was actually still working. But it would just go blank. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also uh, when you look at the content end of things, that a reinstatement of Donald Trump's account, lots of questions about how content is being promoted and whether it's being suppressed uh, by the algorithm under Musk uh, and tons of discussions about who is actually making those calls about content and safety and what all those processes are. Yeah, there's a big power question in all of this. We'll talk about that in a little bit. You and I have Twitter, mm. Claire. The thing that strikes me about Twitter is that heaps of people don't have it. So mm. we talk about it all the time, but lots of people don't have it. And even if they do mm. have it, like you and I, they don't actually, we don't put content on Twitter, but mm. we use it as a tool to sort of look at the commentary. I think a lot of people, it might be wrong, but they probably going what's all the fuss about Twitter like I don't use it I don't know much about it um but everyone talks about it all the time and that's because at the end of the day it's a place for celebrities for governments for politicians for news organizations in particular and movements mm. so movements like hashtag me too hashtag black lives matter to generate buzz and to make news and I guess I'm talking for both of us, certainly the reason I'm on it is because uh, it's a really good way to stay in touch with things. Yeah. You and I aren't mad tweeters. In fact, I can't remember the last time I actually sent a tweet. Uh, but Twitter has huge influence over how news stories are formed, uh, the twists and turns that they take. And yes, it can be a really vicious echo chamber, uh, but a lot of opinion makers and shapers are on it. So it really is that virtual town square. Yeah, I've heard it referred to as the town square a lot. And I think that's probably the best way to sum up why it is such an important part of the media landscape mm. and why Elon Musk buying it and now having complete control over it is a really big deal. Yeah, and for him it's about how they shore it up now, relying less on advertising revenue, getting users to pay. And, of course, there have been discussions about getting people to pay for the blue tick. Uh, but in the meantime, he's got it. He and some investors are funding it uh, and he, of course, is the richest guy in the world. He is so, 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 so rich. Like I cannot <laughs> wrap my head around the numbers. Consensus seems to be that he's worth about $170 billion. US dollars. That's despite losing $100 billion this year alone. Even with that loss, he's still the richest, richest guy in the in world. The world. <laughs> That's not tied up in Twitter. That's all tied up in Tesla shares and SpaceX, of course, and we won't get into that now. To keep the mind-boggling numbers going, Claire, he paid $44 billion for Twitter. So he just bought it. Like he just bought the thing for $44 billion and he made himself chief twit. The reason I'm saying all of this is this ties into this power play. Exactly right. And, of course, it's about Musk having complete control of Twitter. He's the CEO, he's the chairman, he's the major shareholder. There's a few investors involved, but it really is his company. He's got control of that town square, as you say. A lot of power for one guy. So next week, 
it's the last sitting week of Parliament. It should be. It might get extended into extra time if they need to. Mm. But uh, it's all going to be down to what happens with that industrial relations bill. Are you sad that you're going to Hawaii and having a week off on the last sitting week of Parliament, Claire? I really love a great legislative debate. I really love a good bit of reform, particularly economic reform. I can actually sit out the industrial relations bill. It's, yeah. You can tell me what happens. At I, the I'll let you know. Do not tune in. Just go and sit on Claire's having a week off next week, everyone, and we'll get you across industrial relations while she's sitting on a beach. I've been at you for weeks about this one. <laughs> it's classic squeeze territory. It's tricky. It's complicated. But once you have the basics down, you can get into it. You can try and understand it. And it's important because what the government does with IR does really affect every workplace in Australia. Yeah, and this bill particularly because it is some of the largest industrial relations reform that we've seen for decades. Mm. So uh, we've been really talking about what the right time is to tune in. You've been putting me on pause saying, Kate, (laughs) not yet, not yet. It's not a thing yet. It's going to be a thing in the news and now it's our moment. And it's because what's in now that takes a lot of explaining could be out Mm, (laughs) next week. It could all change, yeah. And it could all change. So let's just get to the end product maybe and see what it all is and explain exactly what has happened. But, look, you and I both worked in Parliament House and we know that a lot can happen with these really contentious bills and these legislative sessions and I've probably had more late nights uh, waiting for debates, waiting for negotiations, waiting for committee hearings, waiting for a report uh, on legislation probably than I've had hot dinners and, look, the things can take really wild turns. They can. That's really sad, Claire. You should have more hot dinners, I think, and less <laughs> legislation. We were watching this a few weeks ago, as I said, kind of thinking it might be a next year issue. So we're kind of not talking about it too much, just kind of watching. But it's very clear now the Labor government really wants to push this through next week. A lofty goal, of course, but Claire, politics is the art of the possible. Mm. Compromises will be made, particularly when the major parties don't align. And it's very clear that on this piece of legislation, uh, the coalition and the government are at odds, which means it comes down to the Senate and what the Senate wants to do. Yeah, that's right. And of course, the Senate isn't controlled by the government and it's not controlled by the coalition either. Mm. So it means that there are many independent and minor party senators to deal with uh, if you want to get your legislation through. Yeah, when it comes to this one, look out for Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie, but particularly new ACT Senator David Pocock. He's really the person the government needs to convince to get this legislation across the line. We'll be talking a bit about him next week. On the legislation itself, we're not letting you jet off until we talk about what it might be. It's called the Secure Jobs Better Pay Bill. It involves multi-employer bargaining and the single interest stream. I've Googled it. I've Googled it. I've Googled it. Can you help me out here? Well, now you can see why we're just waiting for it all to get confirmed. Yeah. Uh, and look, I'm really generalising, but... They're really about allowing workers to band together to negotiate better pay deals. Um, The theory is that there's strength in numbers, uh, but the business sector and the opposition have really been very vocal in saying um, that what it could actually do is see employers slow down job creation. Yeah, the Albanese government, on the other hand, says it's about making wages rise. They say that's much needed with inflation because we're going backwards. 
ask you a lot about this next week. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see what's up for grabs in the Senate. Uh, let's just leave that there, I reckon. Let's leave Kate. that one there. There's a lot of other stuff coming up this week. We've got the AFLW Grand Final tomorrow, Brisbane v Melbourne in Brisbane. A lot of contention around the venue though, but if you want to get <laughs> if you want to get into that, that's a whole other thing. The Finnish Prime Minister, the Party PM, is coming to Australia next week. Claire, imagine being called the Party PM. <laughs> She has a name. She does. Her name is Santa Marin. Um, she, of course, was really in the news when this like amazing dance moves yeah. sort of video came out. But lots of questions about exactly what she was doing in her off time and whether drugs were involved and all sorts of things. So she really had to explain that. Anyway, she's going to be a hit in Canberra, I reckon. She's coming to Australia next week. First time the leader of Finland's ever been to Australia. So there you go. That's happening. I guess we don't do a lot of business with Finland. Not really. We'll see. We'll see what it's all about. And, of course, as we speak, the Victorian election is happening. Shout out to anyone listening to this in the voting line, sausage in hand. We see you. Go and vote. Do your duty. Great for democracy. Love an election. Squeeze Recommends is where we take the popular Friday lights part of the Squeeze today, Claire, and stretch it into more things we and the Squeeze team have enjoyed listening to, reading, watching throughout the week. It's a little heavy this week, but there's an episode of The Front Podcast that's by The Australian, which we are recommending to people. They speak to Professor Sean Turnell, who's returned to Australia after he was released from 20 months in detention in mm. Myanmar, Claire. He was, of course, a top advisor to civilian leader in Myanmar, Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, when the military seized control of that nation. That was at the start of last year, and he was accused of trying to flee the country with state secrets. Uh, that podcast is a really good listen. Uh, it's incredible to me that he's out and about talking to the media, giving his account of his time in detention. It, I was going to sort of say what he went through, but I, I really recommend listening mm. to it. It's quite harrowing in the content. Um, but the thing, as you, you sort of alluded to, the thing that struck me about the interview was his mm. delivery. It's so calm and so frank and mm. sort of emotionless and what he's saying is so serious and such an experience. Yeah, very matter of fact yeah. about his time. Um, just to give you a little sense of it, mm. um, he talked about sleeping on a concrete floor for 20 months. I just can't imagine what that would be like. That's kind of just the start of it. Yeah, yeah. and getting his 10,000 steps in in a tiny, tiny cell, it was what kept him really sort of ticking over because he didn't have anything to read. He didn't really have anyone to talk to. The interview is really quick. It's a 13-minute podcast um, but really worth a listen. It's all a bit serious this week but couldn't resist this one off the back of the news that Chris Hemsworth has the Alzheimer's gene. He said he's going to take some time off to spend with his family. This sparked lots of conversations about whether you would want to know if you had a disposition to getting something like Alzheimer's or whatever disease it may be. It reminded me of a book I read years ago called Inside the O'Briens. It's by Lisa Genova, who many people might know. Uh, she was the author of Still Alice, yep. which was then made into a movie with yep. Julianne Moore. I watched that movie. This is another one of her books. Um, it's all about a father who has Huntington's disease. Mm. His children are able to take a simple blood test to find out if they have it. And it's just about the machinations and the decisions they have mm. to make. Great read. Yeah. I haven't read a book forever. That's my... Maybe on the beach in Hawaii. <laughs> that's my bit of input. Yeah, I reckon that's a, the way to go. All I know about Inside the O'Briens is that it's about a policeman from an Irish Catholic neighbourhood in Massachusetts. Kate, you have the most beautiful podcast delivery. <laughs> we finally found a word this week. <laughs> That I can't say. That you can't I cannot say. say. It's Massachusetts. Massachusetts? Massa I'm not doing it. 
I've already had to do it once. Why did I have to do it once this week on Squeeze Shortcuts? It's on Squeeze Shortcuts. Can you say it? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I can't say it. We're moving on. <laughs> That's the giggles. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> Squeeze Press, Claire, it's all the news from Squeeze HQ. We won an award. Well, hold on. We didn't win an award this week. We won a bronze award. Well, we did win an award. We We got a bronze award. We got a bronze award at the Australian Podcast Awards. (laughs) We did. Uh, We came third in its pretty big category at the Podcast Awards for Best Publisher. Yeah. Uh, I went along to the awards with Annalise, Annalise Taylor, who produces this podcast, Uh, and it's great to see the really vibrant community that podcasting is. I was so sad to miss it. I really wanted to be there. I was a late dropout. Sick kids. Hashtag sick kids. People can relate. Yeah, but graphic. um, I mean, (laughs) this is the best publisher award for the whole of podcasting in Australia. And to come third is awesome. SBS took out the award. We were in the category with our friends at Equity Mates and DM Podcasts, so a shout out to them as well. But really happy with that win. Pretty chuffed. Before we go, one final thing from me. I am the commercial director here at The Squiz. (laughs) We have some remaining ad spots left in the lead up to Christmas. If anyone out there is listening to this podcast and would like to hear a brand they work for, uh, if you're in marketing and you want to work with us, we've got some space in the run-up to Christmas for some really great brands to do some stuff with us. I'll do you a deal. (laughs) Send me an email to kate at thesqueeze.com.au. Would love to hear from you. Quite often, advertisers who work with us hear us say that on our podcast Hmm. and then realise that might be a great opportunity. Advertising in our podcast is a really, really good thing to do. It's done some awesome things for brands. So, yeah, give it a try. Give it a try. As I said, kate at thesqueeze.com.au. Claire, off you go. See ya. Enjoy Hawaii. Bye. Bye. <laughs>